In today's podcast, the Young Critics and Sepa from the Move Film Festival will answer a very important question. Why does independent cinema matter? Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the very first Young Critics podcast here live from our studio in Bruges. Uh, my name is Atalia. I am one of the Young Critics here, and I am joined by my fellow Young Critic, uh, Amber Ali. Uh, another Young Critic is going to join us uh, very soon uh, in Zoom, and we'll have a little chat on uh, independent cinema, why it matters, why, what it means to us, uh, and yeah just yeah talk about our love for film basically uh and afterwards we'll have me and amber will have uh, a little bit more in-depth interview with uh, sepa van hake our special guest here who is head of uh, news distribution branch um right. and then uh, yeah we'll just talk about what the role of move is in distributing um cinema and independent cinema to uh, a bigger audience um but first things first um is ali here hello atalia hello everyone thank you for inviting me hello um so yeah uh, welcome ali welcome amber welcome sepa um just to start things off with a very cliche question but always a, a nice question to begin with what is your favorite movie that you've seen so far on the move film festival My favorite film on the festival is uh, The Evil Does Not Exist by Mohamed uh, Rasulov. Uh, it's my most anticipated film in the festival too. And Amber, what's, uh, what's yours? I really like The Pink Cloud. Mm -hmm. Like to me, it was really interesting how it was written in 2017 and then shot in 2019. And it perfectly explained the situation of the past year, like the lockdown and mm -hmm. quarantine. Like it's a film about a movie where there's a cloud outside and you can go out or you'll die in 10 seconds. And I think the resemblance with, with the, uh, the COVID crisis was really interesting to me. And mm -hmm. the emotions that are shown in the movie are very relatable. Yeah. So I really like it. Yeah, I was thinking of the same thing as well, because uh, it was one of the first movies I watched. And I was also like, <laughs> I've, I've been through this. Yeah. <laughs> It's also crazy how it feels like a science fiction movie, but we're like living through it. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. Crazy. Yeah, um, my personal uh, favorite uh, that I've seen so far is Future Drive, or like, well, I don't know if my German is that good, but uh, uh, No Hard Feelings, which is just a really, um, really fun coming of age story about uh, um, a gay uh, Iranian guy who lives in Germany, uh, has an immigration background, and he has to work at a community service and uh, meet some new friends. It's just like, I don't know, just a really beautiful story about identity um, and uh, love and just beautiful cinematography and just relatable characters as well which mm -hmm. I really enjoy because <laughs> I feel like I vibe with these people in yeah. <laughs> um, all right so then Ali this was your idea to uh, come up with uh, having a talk on independent cinema um, why are you so passionate about this why did you feel the need to really talk about why independent cinema matters I think uh, independent cinema is important because it's where new ideas are born Uh, in independent cinema, people uh, independently make uh, movies about what they believe, about their ideas. Unlike blockbusters, there aren't a lot of uh, money behind uh, each movie in independent cinema. Because in blockbusters, there are a lot of uh, investors, producers, big companies behind the movie. Uh, if it fails, uh, it's going to be very bad for them. And because of that... Uh, not everyone is willing to risk uh, doing new things or doing new ideas. 
but in independent cinema people uh, are not afraid of that and uh, it's where uh, daring ideas are born that's why i think independent cinema is really important if you want to look for new things if you want to look for innovation you should uh, look into independent cinema and these new ideas from independent people independent directors gradually turns into uh, like a, a stream of thoughts and even influences the, the blockbuster cinema in the long run yeah i do definitely agree with you that like a lot of the new ideas are from independent cinema always have been basically like mainstream cinema um, like even back in the 60s with independent films such as Easy Rider that basically broke like uh, an entire like new way for Hollywood to um, figure out like what works with people and just um, figure out like new ways to uh, talk about certain subjects because with Easy Rider just the thing that comes up to me is like it made uh, drugs more um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a theme that could be talked about without any prejudice really or in a, like a weird propaganda and the stick way um, more violence as well that comes from it as a, as a, as a thing um, so I think it's been like from from fairly early on I think like the, the, the movies on outskirts have been very uh, important as a, as a, as a way to uh, influence the mainstream cinema I think today as well you can still see that like for me for example I see that in uh, movies from uh, A24 I don't know if you yeah. guys are familiar with it so i think they're really interesting for um creating like this new influence of like art house horror films because a24 has, has been like basically uh, i think uh, they made things like the, the lighthouse um, midsummer yeah definitely uh, some of my favorite movies basically of the last couple of years have been introduced by them and i think it's very interesting how they you know uh, redefine a genre that i think has been kind of exhausted for a long time i don't know how you guys feel about like early horror cinema or like from the 90s and the 2000s but I felt like it became quite repetitive with paranormal mm -hmm. activity six and, <laughs> and yeah. onwards and even conjuring whatever um but yeah that's like my uh, opinion on like uh, how it uh, further influences um how you can see that through I don't know if you guys have like any independent uh, movies that you think have had a big influence on mainstream or just techniques that you guys think of that uh Okay. Yeah, I just think that, like you said, A24, they, they kind of nowadays make maybe the more popular movies or like the new creative stories are being told because when you look at the at the blockbusters or like what's at the top uh, of the best making movies uh, nowadays, it's like Marvel films mm -hmm. and you can kind of like say, oh, it's the same story every single time told in a different way, kind of. Um, so, yeah, I think there's obviously room for more creative stories and, and yeah, more new stories that are kind of like very interesting with directors who have a lot of interesting things to say and yeah i think there's a lot of room for that mm -hmm. yeah definitely because i also think like if you just look at the oscars i don't know eileen if you have followed the oscars uh, the, the news book out for the winners uh, a lot of uh, new diverse <laughs> winners finally a moment <laughs> it's taken a long time um but uh but yeah there's also a couple of uh, 24 movies i think minari was produced uh by them or minari i don't i don't exactly know how you how you say it um but uh yeah i think it's interesting that you know that influence and even just the presence of independent film um sticks i think um Ali, is there anything that you want to add to that or 
Of course, uh, independent movies have found their way into Academy Awards and uh, more, let's say, mainstream awards in the past years. Uh, I can remember even Iranian films such as The Separation or another film, The Salesman. Uh, they even won uh, Oscars and uh, that is a good sign. Movies like Parasite even uh, found their way into the home of audiences. Uh, a broad range of audience liked that movie. It was entertaining for them. And that was a good sign for me that really, uh, let's say, touched my heart and warmed my heart because uh, it showed that uh, in the long run, in the future, we can be hopeful that more and more uh, audience, uh, uh, let's say global audience, is attracted to independent cinema and that's a good sign and uh, it's uh, really good for the film industry as an art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I also think, like, I don't know about you guys, but for example, during like lockdown with all the online content that we have been like binge watching, like I've, I've seen everything on Netflix right now. And I love my Netflix the reality <laughs> shows. I watched The Circle, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but I think it is, uh, you know, I've also been exploring things like movie and also watching like those little movies. So I don't know what you guys think, or maybe that could influence a little bit. Uh, on if mainstream audience could be more interested in um, yeah, yeah, exploring different. I think independent cinema is way more accessible nowadays. Mm-hmm. And again, Nomadland, who won Best Picture yesterday, is being released on Disney Plus this Friday. So that's kind of like the line between independent cinema, but also being mainstream. Like Disney is huge, but they have those blockbusters as well. Mm-hmm. So I think the line maybe is a bit more blurred yeah. somewhere down the line. Yeah, I think so definitely as well because you know even like Nomadland is an independent film, but. Basically, it is the money is backed by 20th yeah. Century Fox, so it is already, like you said, very blurred production-wise. But I think I don't know how you guys define like independent cinema. But for me, it's more kind of like a, a feeling that these movies mm-hmm. create. Basically, like they feel more niche, they feel like mm-hmm. more relatable in a sense. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, Ali. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about for independent cinema? Yes, I wanted to talk about how. Uh, COVID-19 and the lockdown changed uh, how we interacted with cinema. Uh, before that, we used to go to uh, the theaters, movie theaters, to the saloons, to the cinemas. But uh, this uh, pandemic uh, taught us that there are other ways, easier and uh, let's say more convenient ways to access the movies in the warmth of your home. And I think that's going to leave a lasting impact on how we expect from now on to experience movies and uh, I think it's going to provide new risks and rewards for film industries to pro- to let's say screen to publish uh, movies on streaming services that's a challenge and also an opportunity I also wanted to talk about how uh, blockbuster cinema has influenced and changed our taste of this, let's say, uh, art, this industry through uh, uh, these years. If you look back at the early 90s, you could see that the highest grossing movies in those years uh, have been from uh, different genres. For example, you had Aladdin, you had Jurassic Park. At the same time, you had uh, Titanic. But if you look at the top grossing films of, for example, last seven years, you will see that they are mostly superhero movies or Uh, let's say uh, sci-fi movies these uh, limited amount of genres is not something that 
is uh, good for the cinema. And I believe that independent movies and independent directors with their, let's say, uh, courage uh, to do new things, they are the saviors of uh, cinema in our time. They can bring new ideas to the cinema without being afraid of uh, financial uh, problems and things like that. So uh, this is why independent cinema is important. This is another reason why we should uh, look into independent cinema. All right. Uh, thank you, Ali, for joining us. Uh, too bad you couldn't be here live, uh, but uh, it was a pleasure to see you. Hopefully, uh, we'll see you live very soon. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. So then we'll go over to the next part of our conversation uh, with you, Sepp. Um, we, uh, yeah, we would... Um, like to like to ask you like MOVE does not only try to um, bring global cinema independent cinema to the masses through uh, its film festival but you guys also distribute uh, independent and global films every year uh, just through the cinema yeah. and I didn't know that I don't know if, if a lot of people know that but uh, mm -hmm. could you tell us a little bit more about that and yeah it's um, it's like you say it, it just because it's a part of our organization that's not as visible mm -hmm. as a film festival because for the film festival, we communicate a lot, and for uh, distribution, it's it's, it's for it's the cinemas who, who communicate. Um, and actually, we distribute. It depends: six, eight, uh, nine, ten movies a year mm -hmm. in uh, Belgium, the Netherlands, and Luxembourg. Oh, um, and it's mainly focused on global cinema, but it sometimes happens that we also distribute uh, European or even Belgian films, but with a certain, um, you know, a certain worldview. The, the, the tagline of our organization is films facing the world. And I think yeah. that describes it very well. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason we do that is because we, and, uh, and a couple of years ago, we felt that there weren't a lot of um, global films or global cinema, as you may call it, uh, being released in Belgium and the Netherlands. And um, we see it as part of our mission to mm -hmm. To make sure that the diversity in film is uh, is here in Belgium, you can that you can see films from India or Latin America or Asia uh, in cinemas, and we want to you know, strengthen that. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that because, like, I also feel like at Mid Move, I do like discover so many different mm -hmm. sides of like Iranian cinema. I'm not used to that at all but there's yeah. some like very fascinating movies so i think it's like it's great that you guys just bring that to the table here um, because yeah. that is something that is um yeah that you can't underestimate and it, i think it's also because you were talking about independent cinema i think you need that diversity of of films um i don't think we don't always reach a very large audience with mm -hmm. our films but i think you need that diversity also to strengthen you know film culture and in, in general um yeah. So I think you know it, it's one extra piece for the for the puzzle and to support an independent cinema uh, that way. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting to be introducing a, like a broad to a broader like a array of movies to go and see. Um, so this year for the film festival, there's a focus on Ara Iranian cinema. Yeah. Um, so how does the program being set? How is the program set up? Like how how do you guys decide? Okay, this year we're gonna focus mainly on those kinds of movies. Yeah, so the the programming process is actually we have a team of um, uh, six or seven um, programmers for the film festival, and they they all watch a lot of movies. 
Um, so there were, at the Wu Film Festival, there, there, there are no um, world premieres, so that's not an issue for us. We try to have some Belgian premieres, but it's... Um, and so actually we try to see as many films as possible from um, from other film festivals. So the bigger, the, what they call the A-list festivals, so yeah. that's Toronto, that's Cannes, but also uh, a bit smaller festivals like uh, Rotterdam or, uh, or Locarno. And then we make the selection and everybody gets their say. Um, we discuss uh, the films. Um, and then how we come to focus on Iranian cinema this year is just because we, you know, dur during the process, we kind of feel like, okay, there's a lot of good Iranian films this year. And then we, we build a program around it. And then we, we look a bit further. Um, are, there, are there any more Iranian films uh, uh, being released in uh, film festivals? Um, so that's a bit how we how we come to that. It's a very there's, there's no it's it's a very natural process yeah. um, with a lot of discussion and a lot of debating and and, uh, and, and sometimes killing your darlings and, and, and uh, mm -hmm. is there a darling that you had to kill this time that you felt there was uh, for Iranian cinema that uh, uh, for Iranian there? cinema not really I think we've selected the, uh, the best or we have the best Iranian cinema from the last year. Mm -hmm. Is being presented. There were some other Iranian films that we didn't feel like. It, it's not always easy to say, but it, that that they weren't good enough. But um, yeah, you have to make a selection, yeah. and, and of course, um, Iran is a very uh, big. Um, they have very big film production, so it's not like I think even when you would compare it to Belgium or, or Netherlands, there's many, there are lots and lots of Iranian films being made, so you have to make a selection. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we've selected a very diverse um, number of Iranian films. So, yeah, for example, Radiograph of the Family, it's yeah. like a small documentary that was an opening film, but also an, um, a film like Careless Crimes, and it's a very yeah, yeah. intellectual film. And yeah, you, really have to stay, <laughs> you have to stay focused and you don't even know uh -huh. what happened, what's happening. And even at the end, you don't know. And, but also, you know, uh, 6.5, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's yeah, for a sure. very broad audience. Um, so I think it's very diverse, and we also try to try to have a very diverse selection of Iranian films to show, the, you know, the diversity in that in that, uh, in that film industry of Iran. Okay, so it's also all at uh, film festivals that you go look for these movies. It's not that you're trying to contact with like distributors from Iran itself, because I don't know if that would be difficult with like language barriers or something. Sometimes it happens. So most of the time we. Um, so the festivals are always the starting point, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes it happens that we have local context, uh, contacts in Iran. In some countries, you just, we just have the local context and they can tell us, oh, well, that's another interesting film. Because sometimes it's, all, it's not always easy to for filmmakers in, in different countries to get their films in the festivals. For example, for Iran, there's a, it's a very interesting uh, anecdote that, for example, a lot of the Western um, Festivals work with the Film Freeway, which is a platform mm -hmm. where independent filmmakers from all around the world can submit their films for film festivals. But you have to pay a small fee, and um, but the problem is they only work with uh, PayPal, and oh, yeah, and yeah. in Iran the uh, PayPal is forbidden. So it's like a very big barrier, mm -hmm. yeah. and then it helps um, that you have direct contact, so you can maybe select some other films. So it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not always uh, easy to get in the European festivals. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, definitely. Is it the, the release from Iran? Has that been the, uh, the biggest hurdle you've had so far for uh, contacting uh, in, in the sense of locals? Or has it 
No, it's it's it's, uh, I think it's all right. It's um, of course, there's always the issue with, um, um, you know, you you have the Iranian government that's Mm -hmm. always keen on the film being produced. For example, the uh, Mohammad Razalov from uh, There Is No Evil, Mm -hmm. which Ali talked about. Um, He could only only produce his film or make his film because it's made up of uh, three or four um, short films, actually. So, and otherwise you wouldn't have been able to make it. Um, so there's always that issue. Um, but I think it's most of the time it's 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 all right. They have their ways, and, and it's not mm-hmm. as it's not a closed society. So it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. There are always ways to contact them. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so here in Belgium, we have obviously other film festivals here as well, like Ghent or Ostende. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you think that the Blue Film Festival kind of sets itself apart from those festivals, and what do you think like it kind of makes it a different a little bit? So obviously there's a focus on global cinema, but of course in, in Ghent too, they also have a global cinema mm-hmm. section. Um, and but I think our focus uh, thematically is is I think there 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 may be the smaller films uh, being presented at Move. Um, I think in Film Fest Ghent is the, they are the bigger mm-hmm. global cinema being presented, even though we we also select it um, and. Um, like I think Ostende is I think more as the same uh, thing, and I think what sets us even more apart is that we um, we are not looking for the the glimmer and glitter uh, mm-hmm. of of the, the film. You know, in, in film we don't have red carpet events, mm-hmm. or we yeah. we just you know focus on the films and we focus on um, on you know uh, debates and on on. All these kinds of things. So I think the focus is a bit um, more on um, maybe the issues that are being presented yeah. in the films, mm-hmm. and we have debates around them, and we work together with uh, different organizations. For mm-hmm. example, uh, Alba Valve and yeah. Joe's are partners of the festival, so that's also very important for us. Uh, and I think you know that kind of atmosphere is, I think, the big difference when you compare it to mm-hmm. Ostende or, or Ghent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there may be the you know. Film as we know it, like with the carpets, is, is more important, and it's that is also very think, good for film because that gives yeah. film a big mm-hmm. lure and makes v- yeah, yeah, yeah. people very, uh, I think, engaged in mm-hmm. cinema and in the film. Uh, and they they go to the film festival maybe for the film stars that are mm-hmm. being there like yeah. this year and again Vigo Mortensen is there. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a bit, of, you know. Yeah, that was crazy. I don't know what happened yeah. to him. <laughs> but we we never have you yeah. know these big big directors or big mm-hmm. movie stars and we don't we don't we also don't like it would be nice but it's not a big mm-hmm. goal for us no. to have them it's nice but i think like maybe a part that goes beyond the film festival i think with movies there's also a big part of like education and like giving more explanation about the movies yeah, yeah. so that's um when that's also maybe interesting because when we um select our films the artistic Aspect is one thing, so we are looking for you know the best global cinema. But then you also have the themes and and that are in the film. So maybe we can also select a film that is not uh, maybe the, the best film when you um, creative uh, in a creative way, mm-hmm. but it can have some interesting themes. Um, most of the time, I think when you look at some uh, documentaries, uh, I think that's the. I think a good example that we are somewhere in between uh, looking for good cinema, but also mm-hmm. something educational. And it's 
it shifts between the two. Sometimes you have films that are perfectly, you know, in between there, yeah, but sometimes yeah. it's it's more educational. I'm picking one of the films um, on the festival this year is uh, The Great Green Wall, and mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's I don't think it's a nice documentary, but it's artistically it's not the best film, <laughs> maybe, but it's really <laughs> but it's interesting. Though. Just, yeah. No, yeah. no, it's not always necessary um, mm -hmm. for us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's like the conversation is the most important part, not the, yeah. not yeah. The, like necessary. But on the other hand, it's also interesting to show that in what um, how creative directors can yeah. be in, yeah. in other parts of the world that we don't yeah, always definitely. need to look at Europe or United States for these things. Mm -hmm. It's uh, yeah. it's a combination of the two for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely to add that as well, because I saw, for example, like Yalda, uh, which I also thought was just a really interesting concept to mm -hmm. have like this idea of a reality show being like, like very grounded in, uh, and uh, mixing it with such a such a heavy like topic as like about execution and everything felt like a very black mirror yeah. type of episode. Yeah. So it was really cool to also see that like that, you know, all those ideas also come from all over the world. And I thought it was just an interesting take on it definitely yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this year the festival was mostly online. So how was it kind of like different to organizing one physical in previous years? And maybe how do you think that maybe influenced like the distribution of these movies in, in actual cinemas? Because they're not open right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, the preparation for the festival was, of course, very different. Um, there was a lot of learning for us. We had to learn a lot. Because, <laughs> you know, other years that, you know, the preparation for a festival, it's, it can be very stressy, but, you know, in some way we always know what to do and learn mm -hmm. the steps. And this year we had to figure everything out. Um, so that was very different. And then there was a lot of debate and discussion on how should we approach this? Do we want a, a regular VOD selection where you could, for example, for two weeks, we, you would just have like 50 films in mind and you can just choose every evening? Or are we looking for the real festival feeling? And I, we went for for that thing, like we mm -hmm. selected, mm -hmm. um, we, we programmed the film like you would have in a regular festival. There were different reasons for that. Um, and then also one of the important things was is how we, how we, how can we, um, how to say, you know, all these other things that are important in our festival, how can we also um, put these things online, like debates, mm -hmm. uh, Q&As with the directors, how can we engage our audience, all these things we had to, you know, Make decisions decisions on that. You have to think on that, um, and that was you know, a big learning process for yeah, us. But yeah. I think we, I think I hope that yeah. <laughs> I hope it works. But, uh, yeah, I think you're managing. I think it's really interesting to have like the whole idea of like bringing basically go into the, the yeah. theater yourself and stuff. And really yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it feels like you're watching it with someone, I mean, with other people who yeah. you know. There's also watching it yeah. at home. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a very like cute idea to like go for that yeah. instead of doing like watch it now and you can watch it for forty eight hours like a VOD. Yeah, and for me it was also like I'm I don't know about you, but I'm when I'm at home and I want to watch a film, and then uh, I always have the issue that I'm I don't know what film to watch, yeah. and I'm actually for one hour just choosing choosing the <laughs> film. And I'm yeah. just, sometimes I'm not even in the mood anymore to watch a, to <laughs> yeah. watch a film. Three hours. Plus. And now yeah. we have just, if you want to well, watch a film tonight, you have maybe four or five um, mm -hmm. choices and then you, you go from there. Um, and I also like the idea that, you know, some other people are watching together with you and you can discuss afterwards because mm -hmm. maybe if, if it would be just a regular VOD, it, um, 
you maybe your friends would watch it a week later and it's yeah, a bit yeah. more yeah a bit yeah. more fluent and, yeah i definitely can relate to that whole idea of like well, what are we gonna watch at dinner and then just keep on scrolling and your dinner's cold and you're, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you're like okay yeah. i guess no movie <laughs> and then while well, we were talking about the distribution of films and i think that's a big issue still um I think, uh, of course, a lot of films are being postponed. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the smaller titles, but definitely the, the bigger titles. Yeah. I don't even know the James Bond or the Wes Anderson or all these titles, but it's also for um, smaller films like in global cinema. It's the same thing because you, of course, um, film is um, it's it's somewhere in between the line of an art, but it's also a very commercial product. So mm-hmm. you have to make sure you, you gain a lot of, uh, enough money to on your films so um, releasing films online is uh, today is not it doesn't really bring up uh, don't really get enough money for it yeah, yeah, yeah. compared to yeah. compared yeah. making a profit yeah compared to releasing a film in cinema mm. it's still not the same I think that that today is a big issue with distributors and that's mm-hmm. why today you, not, not as many films are being released online yeah. as they would have been in the cinema because you're j- just waiting for the cinemas to, re- to reopen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it's interesting because some other films are being released online. Um, but I don't think the, you know, the, the you know, the, the, it, it's not, it's not working at the moment. Yeah, there yeah. needs to change something. And uh, Mm-hmm. So did you also like experience that while looking for news that some of the distributors is like were holding it back for like cinema releases and that you couldn't get to some of those? Well, or? actually, it helped that we programmed the film on in different time slots, oh, and we okay. wouldn't we wouldn't have been able to get some of the films oh. if they were mm-hmm. just online for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So and that was something we heard uh, very often. So that was also one of the reasons why we programmed them at different time slots mm-hmm. um, um, because. Then they were, you know, it, it, you have more the, that event feeling, and distributors and sales agents were much more, uh, much more comfortable mm-hmm. to um, release the, of, uh, have the film at the fe- uh, film festival. Yeah, yeah, because also like more of exclusive and just yeah. the most like separate uh, days. Yeah, and there's still that idea of a VOD release and a regular so, release, and we would have yeah. put it on the festival for uh, two weeks, for example. Then they would have had the feeling that the film had been on VOD, and now it had just been two online screenings and that's um, I think also maybe it's better um, because you also um, you have a thing that people tend to have the idea that I'm okay I'm gonna watch that film at the movie film festival and then um, they say well I'm gonna watch tonight and then that night it doesn't work and they mm-hmm. they keep postponing <laughs> and then yeah. at the end it's two weeks have passed and they haven't seen the film yeah. and now people have to be ready and they're in their couch and mm-hmm. they have put it in their agenda because they know it's only screening tonight and then I think mm-hmm. I hope it works and that was also the kind of the idea behind it yeah, yeah, yeah. I also had definitely like an alarm set for like yeah. movies that yeah. I had so much yeah. like okay it's on now go for it I need to see it yeah yeah. Miss out. yeah the last thing that we maybe wanted to ask if or yeah the people listening if you had any like recommendations um for uh, like people should definitely look out for to watch that move um so it, um, yeah, I think tonight and I think also tomorrow, Mogul Mowgli oh, is showing yeah. with uh, Riz Ahmed, who has been nominated for uh, Best Actor, who's in Sound of Metal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Belgian co-production, and he has another film um, that we are showing at the festival, Mogul Mowgli, and it's 
it's a very personal film for him. Uh, a lot of his own experience are in that film, and it's about him. He's a rapper in real life, mm -hmm. and it's also in the film, and it's, it's about him and his identity as a um, being a um, he's uh, living in uh, UK, but from um, his parents are from Pakistan, and his the whole struggle with his identity. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a very good film, very yeah, nice one. I'm gonna watch yeah. it. Yeah, I remember we're talking it's about really, it before yeah. it as well. That was one of the ones to watch. Yeah, Riz Ahmed is of course. Yeah, yeah, really good actor. Great actor. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Sefer, for giving us uh, so many interesting insights into film distribution and how Move uh, works. It was uh, it was a joy. Um, Ali, if you're still listening to the live stream, I don't know where you are. <laughs> but also thank you for inspiring uh, this podcast and uh, you know, coming up daily. And thank you for uh, joining in on uh, the conversation. Um, and there are, this is the first uh, Young Critics podcast. It's not the last. Um, but uh, keep an eye out on uh, social media on Instagram to figure out when the next Young Critics podcast is going to drop and uh, don't forget to enjoy the festival everyone and check out Mogo Monkly uh, who <laughs> releases uh, tomorrow um, and uh, good night yeah. <laughs> bye <you>. bye <laughs>